Loveline is meant for an adult audience. Loveline may contain sexually oriented content. Is it five? What did that guy say? I don't know. That music was ripping though. The phone that made your love line is one eight hundred love one nine one and one eight hundred L O B one nine one. Yes, indeed. Loveline. Phone number for Loveline. 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Corral. That'd be Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew, board certified physician. Addiction mess. Men. Oh, boy, you're oh, out. Boy. You're Addiction. done. Uh, would you shut up? Good night. Shut to his mic, would you? Addiction medicine specialist. That is Dr. Drew, and you are stone confused teenagers. So you may call us in and ask us questions tonight. And our guest will be John Tesh, who is the second nicest guy in showbiz beside uh, Dr. Drew, who is now the first nicest guy in showbiz. He just feels guilty for having attacked me right out of the block. No, but everyone loves Drew. It's a uh, good cop, bad host is uh, basically our gig. And uh, I'm the bad one. But, John, we appreciate you coming back. I want to, uh, I know you'd like to speak at some point during the show, but I just want to retell the story and uh, tell everybody what a stand-up guy John Tesh is. Uh, we were at Nappy like two years ago. I think I ran, is it Nappy? Nappy. Nappy? Some Nappy. TV convention. But somebody always goes napped tea. Right. You know, so it's, it's, it's the National Alliance for Television Producers and Executives, right? Television Production Executives. Right? Anyway, I was, uh, there. He is for Pimp, actually. <laughs> um, rubbing, uh, cream on my ass because I'd been sodomized uh, so many times. Uh, Drew, uh, had his ass in a bucket of ice water. And John Tesh happened by, um, with the usual, uh, couple of hookers on each arm. And I said, excuse me, Mr. Tash, you'd never seen me or heard of me before. How about coming out to L.A. or when you're out in L.A. doing our little radio show? And uh, just a couple weeks later, John was in here. That is a stand-up. Guy. It's actually his son that courses. It's, right, yeah, it's the same reason I'm in here now. Gib told me that uh, you guys were asking for me. So. Oh yes. Yeah. We uh, we never forget a talent, John. And uh, John, uh, John, may, may oh, I yes. say that before you, you, you say You something. guys look beaten. Thank you. <laughs> you really, I mean, I mean, I, you know, I've been traveling around a lot. And I see you in and when I'm in hotel rooms. I see you on MTV, right? And I hear you every single night. And then a couple of years ago, it was like you guys were like full of it. I mean, you were like effervescent. I think is probably the word. Yeah. And now I just could you get me a cup of coffee? And, and you were on the phone. I was overhearing you giving somebody heck, yelling at it, my manager's office. Yeah, because you were throwing a tantrum. And then, well, there and was no Dr. sweet and low in the goddamn dressing room. And then Dr. Drew said that that um, uh, what did he said. Oh, he said there's going to be some conflict, so he won't be able to do this show. So you guys are you're pretty much ET in the tenth year, is what it is. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 pretty uh, we're pretty frayed, but that's all right. I'm better when I'm punchy. Drew is just punchy, tired, and... Um, I'm just tired. Just tired. Mm. All right. So well, Congratulations on your success. Well, I mean, thank now you. Now you can just talk for the next time. I'd so. like to say the same to you, John. When uh, you were with uh, Entertainment Tonight for how many years? Was Ten. It? Wow. Ten years. That's incredible. And you left, was it two or three years ago now? It'll be two years in June, yeah. And uh, everyone said uh, he's a fool, just like, uh, just like uh, the same people that said that when uh, Pia Zadora went out. <laughs> now, you may laugh, but there's some parallels here. Oh, okay, go ahead. Pia, Pia Zadora, for people who don't, she was like this little sex kitten who married this uh, really rich uh, Arab dude who, like, basically funded everything. Right. And it's really the same thing John has. No. John doesn't have that going. But they laughed at Pia when she said, I want to sing oh, I and I want to do like a Broadway type review. Right. And they all said, this is never going to work. 
and uh, everyone laughed uh, heartily at her for uh, a number of years. But then she started getting a critical uh, acclaim. acclaim, and she started winning a few awards, and uh, now no one's heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not where you're going, John. He is Adora. That was that's great. The point is, is yeah. John uh, was scoffed at when he left Entertainment Tonight. There's a lot of naysayers. I, I thought that was more like a champion going out when you're still on top. Like that's, Marciano. That's smart. I, now, I, I do, too, but people said, oh, he's going to go why off and Tonight play. is my last night. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good, because uh, I had uh, Dr. Dean Adele in the closet just waiting to be thought. <laughs> The point is, is John left this good gig uh, 10 years uh, at the helm. He went off to do his own thing. Uh, there were some naysayers, uh, but it's been a couple of years. It's been uh, three gold uh, records later, and um, look who's laughing now. There you go. Maybe it's just a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Hey, has life changed for you guys since people know what you look like now? No. No? Really? Not at all. No. We've uh, had no weird it, stories, no... Um, because I think if, if we change or our lives change, what we do is not worthwhile anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, we just do what we do. We're just perfect but, you know, but you know, sometimes when radio personalities, when they, when they go on television, it scares people. You guys actually look like what you sound like, which is nice. Thank you. Yeah. Which, well, in your case, that's really not a compliment. Oh, you look like you hell, too. Voice. You noticed that. Come on. But no, I, but I, I'm very happy for you because I think a show like this is an, is an important show. I don't, I don't mean to sound like, you know, I'm doing an infomercial for you. But, we, we think we have but, two separate audiences. We have a radio audience and a TV audience. Right. Yeah, and okay. They don't overlap a lot. Your guests on the TV audience look a little uncomfortable at times because they're really afraid of what's going to happen. I think I would look the same way, which is why I'm here on the radio program. Right. And you look very comfortable Thank tonight. You. Hats on uh, backwards. He's got three days' worth of growth, and right. he uh, smells like someone poured a bong on him before That's he you. came in. Oh, that was me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can we wash that off. Will you take a shower before we leave tomorrow, by the way? Yeah, I will. Right. No, I won't. Screw you. Now, you guys are, are now a rock band. You do this show live in concert, is what I understand. Right. We have the cool. uh, Loveline stage you, show as well. Do you make a... Do you have dancing, or do you make a statement, or... Yeah, we're like the tubes were back in <laughs> Frisco. Yeah, the, uh, bill. Yeah, in the, there you in go. The, like, mid to late 70s. Uh -huh. Drew drops can... his pants and puts it on, like, a skillet and runs around <laughs> the stage. With... No, we don't do anything. We actually sit down the entire yeah, time. You get, and people ask you questions. Right? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I now have it my contract where I'm wheeled out like an elderly person in a in an airport. I actually get wheeled out and then just dumped onto the sofa. What is it called, the live show? It's, Love Line Live? It's called um, uh, Way Too Much for Way Too Little. <laughs> what is it called, Drew? Do we have it? It's, whatever, I, whatever the particular institution yeah. decides to call it. And you're in Nashville when? Tomorrow night? Yes. And, uh, and, and we're, when we're still here in Los Angeles now. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're gonna going to suck. Oh, we'll suck. Let me see how mad I am. Drew and I are going to start arguing over um, geographic locations on the yeah, plane. Yeah, and you know, flight time. Flight, uh, you know, there is no direct, there's no direct flight to Nashville, is there? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't do they fly you first class? No. no. Who's, who's no. they? Is that, do they own... You know, I'm, not, I'm asking too many questions. No, go ahead. Does the company own you guys in the yes. live show as well? Uh, no. Well, because really what we're doing is just... McCarthy hearings, isn't it? Ourselves just answering questions. Oh, okay. Like we're going to do now. Kelly? Yeah, hi. You're 15. Yeah. You were five. No, you were uh, zygote when uh, John Tesh at first started on Entertainment Tonight. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Kelly, what's up? Okay, well, when I was five and I went to the day daycare, mm -hmm. then there's this kid who was a year older than me, and his mom was a daycare lady. And we'd, like, 
I don't know. I'd give him head, and he'd eat me out. Like, like and he, she, he was six, and you were five. Yeah. How did that start? I really, I think it just kind of started out at his house. At his house. Yeah. Oh, no, uh, as pl playing, playing house. house. And where, where were the teachers or the supervisors during this? Well, his mom just, I mean, she, she had so many kids, she didn't pay attention. Oh, wow. You mean she had a bunch of kids in the daycare? Yeah. Oh, my God. This, this is a red alert, ladies and gentlemen, if your kids are in daycare. Oh, think about that. Well, what do you do with them? Chain them with a radiator? I mean, you no, got to drop them off somewhere, well, right? I understand that, but you got to be in, a, in, a, in a, an environment where there are enough adults to supervise constantly. I mean, just, they should be all over the kids constantly. That's all right, so this... I, I would suspect that the little boy had been sexually abused by an adult. If, this, if if we don't think that that had, had happened to you before this, well, right? But then the thing is, like, when I, this is my other question, is, like, when I was seven up until I was about nine, mm. um, my cousin, who's also a girl... Would abuse you? No, well, I was older than her. Uh-huh. So you did stuff to her? Well, yeah, I'm guessing so. Yeah. And people the, are just, uh, I swear, half our callers start their sexual life about six, seven years old. And by the time they're 17, they're, they're like a little burnt out on it. Whereas um, I'm not even, um, I've not even seen a breast by 17, and, unless I was at the uh, colonel's Yeah, place. and Kelly, what you did is act out on young kids the way the little boy acted out on you. And uh, any child that is overtly sexualized before the age of 12 um, particularly if they are engaging in some sort of sexual activity, will then turn around and do that to their peers. And they really don't understand what they're doing. It's, it doesn't fit with their biology at the time. So what's, what's going on with you now, Kelly? Um, not much. Well, um, do, you have, um, do you have any problems now? Oh. Okay. Well, I thought I'd ask. What's that? Just my parents. Uh, what are they doing? Well, just, I don't know, because, like, I came, I've come home drunk before, and they're... Mm -hmm. Threatening to send me to counseling. And what happens at 15, then, is then she becomes, uh, starts to enter puberty, and the possibility of resolving those old traumas of childhood dissipates, goes away. Now you're no longer the child anymore. Now you're becoming an adult, and you can no longer contain or retain the fantasy that you're going to be able to solve these old problems, these old traumas, and it becomes devastating. Adolescents really start acting All right. like that. I'm going to... Um you know, I usually uh, attempt to kill myself by 10.30. Yeah. I'm going to do it tonight at 10.15. All right. All right. And send a new record. So, so Kelly, what, what do you want to do? Kelly, anything we can do to help you tonight, specifically? No, I was just wondering if it was, like, I wasn't sure if it was me who sexually, was sexually molested or him. I think you were by the young boy. Okay. I suspect that's where it all started, okay? All right. Thank all right, you. Kelly, good luck. All right. Okay. Get some counseling, would you, Kelly? Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, 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 not yeah, sure. It, uh, it's for your own She said she was in counseling. Their parents were going to make her go. We're threatening this. No, Kelly, this is that's to, not this a threat. That's a good thing. Yeah, that's to help you feel good about yourself and go forward and have good relationships and and have a decent life. If you have all those demons lurking around in the past, they will affect you. Okay? Okay. All right. All right. Well, I think we've helped her. <sighs> oh, boy. <laughs> Drew goes nuts because he's got those triplets. And uh, every every caller, especially the females, they just sort of, uh, I know he pictures his kids' faces uh, on these callers. John's got a three-and-a-half-year-old. Yeah, you know, oh. it's, it's, I saw something on the, on the news recently where, where they... Um, Is it a boy or a girl? A girl, yeah, prima. Mm -hmm. uh, Send him up with one of Drew's five-year-olds <laughs> at about ten years and half like uh, an Aryan. I, we race. have firearms at our house. Drew um, has a moat, are you kidding? <laughs> well, they, they, Hot saw, oil we pull over the side. I saw this thing where, where you know, people were, you know, they put their kids in daycare, right? And, they, yeah. and they're concerned about what's going on there. Obviously, oh. we just heard a little bit about that. So what the daycare center did was they put 
put, you know, a, a, a wide-angle camera, mm -hmm. a camera with a wide-angle lens on, and they put it up on the net. Mm -hmm. So, and they gave them a, a website address, mm -hmm. the parents, and the parents can dial it up while they're at their house. Oh, that's cool. And, you know, you don't see it in, in, in it's not fast, in real motion, but you yeah. get a, sh a shot like every... 10 seconds. Yep. Uh, eventually, uh, slowly but surely, technology is catching up to molestation and pedophilia. No. Slowly. No. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it's just what John said there. It's catching up, but I don't think it's having an impact. I guess, man. Eh, eh, As not? you say, I mean, people that are into that stuff. I mean, yeah, evil will find a way, yes, unfortunately. Yes, yes. It's going to be the name of uh, John's next CD. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you'll see the edge of Adam, John's head. Adam Kroll, The Life Story. <laughs> evil will find a way. All right, shut your mic off. We've just been on long enough. <laughs> Brian, you're 24. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey. hey my question is for Dr. Dre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His mic's I'll, off. I'll right. handle it, Brian. Go ahead. Well, actually, um... Uh, I've been listening to you guys for a long time, and uh, I'm pretty nervous right now. All right. Shall we put you on hold? No, that's okay. All right. Ask your question. All right. Um, my question was about the treatment of post-hallucinogenic perceptual disorder. I wanted to ask Drew if he could... Uh, All right. Go ahead. Turn us uh, Mike. I have a conscience. Thank you. Uh, okay, and and you heard me talking about that, or you actually were formally diagnosed with that? Um, actually, I've I've only heard you speak of it. And it's I... not a it's not a widely known syndrome. There's a guy named David Smith up at the Haight Ashbury Free Clinic that actually coined the term. What's, what is it again? The post hallucinogenic perceptual disorder. People sometimes after they use hallucinogens, particularly LSD acid. Um, after a big dose or after just a random dose, uh, they'll suddenly get kind of locked in where they, where they never really come down. They always feel like they're in this sort of detached dreamlike state and they keep expecting to come down. They don't, they don't, and then they're, they're not high anymore, but they're still in this detached state. They start getting anxious and depressed, start having panic attacks. Be pretty unpleasant. Was well, that what you got going on, Brian? Well, yeah, I do. And I, and the thing of it is, is I've, I've had a lot of treatment and, um, how much went, acid did you do? <laughs> it was just I, actually I just smoked some pot. And, um, really? Yeah, I don't know what if there was anything in it. Or See, uh, back in the day, we just called Brian a lightweight. But interestingly, this is the second call we've had in the last week. Yeah. About pot causing this, and I don't, I'm not. A pot is an hallucinogenic technically, and I'm not aware of this syndrome with pot personally. Well, I've not seen it. You never know what's in the pot. Though. That and, and it's hallucinogenic. If you take enough of it, theoretically, this can happen. I suppose. What's could, up? Could you tell me what kind of treatment there is for it? And, um, what kind of treatment have you been in? Well, antidepressant medicines are typically what are used. Would that be a good? Yes. Okay. Because yeah. I didn't know if there was something specifically for that. Or well, there's debate about it. My my, uh, my experience has been that the the anti-panic type serotonin reuptake inhibitors like Paxil have been effective. Paxil, and some people are saying the older tricyclic antidepressants. Would, would there be anybody, a number or anybody in particular? Uh, I would call the Haight-Ashbury Free Clinic. That's uh, in San Francisco. Uh, David Smith is the is director up there, and that's that's where they know the most about this. Okay? Uh, I sure appreciate it. All right, Brian. Yeah. Oh, boy. See, some guys, uh, well, after pot, I mean, we've heard of it uh, after uh, guys doing uh, acid. They do it once, and then they're, they somehow it's like... I don't know, it's like some uh, jukebox that got kicked too hard and it uh, always skips. Yeah, it's because the, machinery, the machinery's off. But it's not because the ju jukebox thinking is off. It's because the, but the, how? the amazing thing to me, I'm sorry, the amazing yes. thing to me is that, is that we, we look hard at the orange juice container to see when it's expired. 
but it's okay to just go ahead and smoke a joint and not worry about what they sprayed it with or or what's in the acid. You know what I mean? Right. You got stuff. I'm not sure. I'm, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not sure. We'll freak out I'm, not sure what I'm, I'm not sure what I'm saying, but it just it just seems like you know. I, I mean, I grew up in this well, a little earlier than you did. Probably, oh, you better but, be older than me. But nobody, but nobody was spraying anything with anything. Well. You know, I was just watching this thing on uh, 2020 uh, Friday night because after TGIF, you know, Sabrina the Teenage Witch yes. and uh, all these other kiddie shows, after I'm done um, I'm having myself to those, <laughs> I like to unwind with a little hard-hitting news. And uh, they did, they re-ran this piece on the uh, rave. And uh, yeah. there's these guys, you know, they're handing out uh, the Special K. GHB. And the GHB and all this stuff. And it's just... Uh, some of the scariest-looking dudes you've ever seen in your life driving some of the scariest-looking vans you've ever seen in your life. And they're basically just selling you this crap at five bucks a pop. Mm -hmm. And uh, for all you know, the guy's uh, pissing in a thing of baking soda and then uh, forming it into balls and selling let's, it to let's you. Let's be clear here. That would be less harmful to you than the drug you're trying to get. Yeah. That's the truth. But it wouldn't be worth five bucks. No, and I think that's my point, oh, Drew. Okay. Right. Dawson. Yeah? You're 16. Mm -hmm. Hey, you're on with John Tash. Hi. Hi. All right, go ahead. Okay, um, I'm dating an older guy, and he's pressuring me to have sex. How old is he? He's 47. You, 16, mm -hmm. Dawson, are dating a 47-year-old. Yeah. Is he in any sort of position of authority over you? Teacher, doctor, something like that? Mm, just, cool. No, just I met him. How'd you meet him? Um, from my friend. Mm, your friend who's 16? Mm-mm. Like, one of my sister's friends. Is he married? Hmm? Is he married? Mm -hmm. His wife died of liver uh, <laughs> failure just a few years ago. So he's a widower, I'm sure, at 47. It, and uh, how... You've had many dates with him? Yeah. Like, okay. where, where do you go? Where do I go? Yeah, where's a 47-year-old guy take a 16-year-old? Without getting arrested. Like, movies, um... I don't know. And uh, how many dates have you been on? Quite a few. Well, let me, let me ask this. What do you want from us? Because we're going to tell you to, to have this guy arrested, basically. I mean, this guy is not your friend. Mm -hmm. I know it seems that way, and I'm sure it's flattering, and, I, and I'm sure it gratifies some something <laughs> you're looking for. This is a, not a good person. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Well, so what do you want from us, Dawson? Well, I want advice on how to, like, Tell him I don't want to have sex and like. Tell him you, you'll have him arrested. You got to continue. You got to yell it right into his horn. <laughs> Please, forty-seven years what, old. What do your What do your friends think? Oh. Uh, what do your friends think of the relationship? Well, some of them don't know, but the ones that do know are really mad. And the ones that don't know, you haven't told yet, right? No. Yeah. Why do you think they're mad? Well, probably because of the age difference. But why do you think they'd be upset about it? I mean, why would it make them mad? Well, probably that I'm going to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, they're bad at this guy mm -hmm. for taking advantage of you. Where uh, Where are your folks, Dawson? Um, they're divorced. Can you imagine a 47-year-old guy showing up at the door? Your kid's in the 10th grade. He's, um, you know, reeking of uh, high karate. And he has like a uh, Dodge Charger that's still running out in the driveway. And uh, he's got like a members-only jacket with the collar up. And uh, he's wearing like, a pork pie hat. And he's saying stuff like, uh, hey, toots, 22 skidoo, Dawson. Mm -hmm. All right, you're calling us because you know it's wrong. We're here to verify it's wrong. 
John Tesh, who plays uh, the piano and was on Entertainment Tonight, knows it's wrong. And as far as the physical relationship goes, he will be overtly breaking the law, and you let him know that you would not have any problem. But see, he's like friends with my dad, too. So well, like all the more reason that, listen, don't believe any of his BS. If you blow the whistle, he's the one in jeopardy, not you. Mm -hmm. You are not going to get any trouble. Here's uh, Here would be my policy once I'm in power. <clears throat> and uh, I would uh, immediately appoint John Tesh to Minister of Light Entertainment. <laughs> Not the hard edge stuff, but uh, when you're having a nice ball or dance or something, and you don't want to offend any of the dignitaries. I'm your guy. Uh, John is my man. Uh, first thing I do is, here's my policy. Anytime <laughs> there is a, uh, uh, there's an age difference, like someone's under 18 and someone's uh, over 18, I give an extra year in prison for every year that they are uh, past 10 years. Two years. Two years for yeah, every year past sure. 10? So yeah. if the uh, woman is 16 and the guy is uh, 30, you're saying that's eight years? There you go. Okay, so in, in um, Dawson's case, uh, her boyfriend would be in prison until... Um, 22 years, something like that, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Good math. Thank you, Drew. 22 years. Okay, we're going to go to break. Dr. Drew is going to get the abacus out and figure that out. Uh, I'm going to drink more coffee, and uh, John Tesh is going to read his uh, Country Weekly magazine, <laughs> which uh, I don't necessarily approve of, but uh, the, guy's, uh, the guy's an innovator, and uh, he's, uh, he's looking for a new angle. You got to start doing country stuff, John? I don't know why I bought this. Maybe I'll know in two hours. Right. No, I know. It's a new stand, and it, and, uh, it looked cool. I think uh, Leanne Rimes is in a uh, thong back somewhere uh, toward the middle, so I'm going to look for that. And we'll be back. Hey, Love Lines, the name of the show. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. Phone number, 1-800-LVE-191. John Tesh is here tonight. John's got himself a... Uh, I'm going to say new CD out. Grand Passion is the name of it. It's uh, basically uh, you playing the piano and uh, then uh, you and James Ingram hooking up on two songs? On one song with him, yeah. And there's another vocal song. Right, right, right. Do right. you do any singing? I'm a bad singer. Really? Yeah, you got a yeah. good voice. Uh, thank you, but I'm, I'm not a good... I mean, you know, you have to... It has to be trained. You were, weren't you singing at the beginning of your... No. This thing? No. No, no. no. I've, I've sung, like, demos of my songs before, you know. But uh, people run screaming, usually. Oh. Yeah, it's... James is, is a... I mean, he's won three Grammys. He's been nominated for 17. He's won a couple Oscars. You know, he is the singer. Right. He's a And how'd you hook singer. up with uh, James? I called him up. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. That's one, you know, one of the beauties of being on Entertainment Tonight is that you actually do meet these people. Right. <clears throat> I called him up and said, would you be interested in getting together, working on a song together? And he said, uh, yeah. I came into the studio and we, I, you know, I had been working on this song with another friend of mine and, and it just kept evolving and evolving and it ended up being this very overt love song, you know, Give Me Forever. In parentheses, I do. Did you do so the lyrics as I, well? I, I collaborated on the lyrics, yeah, and the music. So it's, um, you know, what happens is sometimes you, you get a song like that and it gets started and then the singer will come in and say, you know, why don't we change this or change that? And then, the, you know, the writing process continues. Could you kick Yanni's ass? <laughs> you know, I, I, Yanni and I are friends, actually. No. I haven't talked to him you in a while. You could kill him, though. Yeah, well, you could crush Yanni. We, don't, we, we were going to schedule like a, yes. a mud wrestling thing. Yeah. You know. no, you're, uh, John is a, John's a big guy. John's got to be 6'3", maybe 6'4". You're talking 6'4". Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Holy man. That may be shrinking and everything. Uh, and uh, broad-shouldered and uh, narrow at the wow, hip. Wow. Everyone geez. knows you don't give no lip to Big John. Wow. <laughs> 
There's one to cover. Big John. You know they're. You probably reported this, but you know they're. Um, they're changing the whole Barbie thing. Yes, Speaking we have not talked about that, but they are changing I was Barbie's with, shape. I was with Barbie and my my daughter today for most of the day. Two couple of Barbies, because uh-huh. you know there's seven hundred different Barbies. Yes, I was in a F.A.O. Schwartz Barbie section today myself. Unbelievable! You ever I been was, there? I was too. It I plays Barbie music. I was Barbie thrown out of the place. Oh, oh yeah. what were you doing there? I was there? trying to I run with my imagine. pants around yes, my ankles. So they they deem that dangerous. <laughs> Right. So well, anyway, uh, yeah, they've, they've yeah. changed the whole thing. The hips are now, I haven't seen one of the new ones, but the hips are now wider and the chest is smaller. So it's more realistic. It, it yeah. doesn't look more realistic, though. It looks more bizarre. I, thought, I haven't yeah. seen the new ones. I mean, the hips, it, it's like the uh, the hip insertions are way up around her hip Well, because they hand. had to slap, they had to uh, phone Taiwan and uh, slap, <laughs> uh, slap that on uh, last minute. That's why. The mold wasn't set that way. Yeah, it's birthing Barbie. It's, uh, it's, uh. He's good drawing now. This is what it sort of looks like. That, this is, yeah. These are her legs. Here. Listen, can't, uh, can't women have goals? That, that, that to me is what this is saying, that we have to rob teenage and, and adolescent girls of having goals. I think the goals of, uh, all women should have large chests and, uh, right. very tight, streamlined bottom. Now, what is wrong with that? And by the way, what about all the guys that are playing with these action figures, these uh, Conan, the Barbarian, yes, or, or yeah. uh, whatever the hell yeah. they got That's running around? That's steroid use. Oh, these mm-hmm. guys are ridiculous. Yeah. They have uh, waists uh, the size of a reed and the, the huge guns on these huge. guys. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Picture, picture yourself some nine, ten-year-old uh, little spindly uh, oh, kid yeah. with uh, barely any genitalia and arms uh, like twigs. I mean, ready to kill yourself. <laughs> what about us guys? I think they ought to come up with a, a doll that has like a big hairy ass, <laughs> a very small penis, a double chin, and very spindly arms, so the guys can now feel good about themselves. All right. What would we call that? We call it the Adam doll. Oh, the Engineer Mike doll. Thank yeah. you, Mike. I was going to say that, but I thought you'd get pissed. Yeah. Adam Crowell action figure. We have to work out the gassy part, but I think uh, with today's technology, that could be worth it. Kiss my ass, Adam. Hey, who's, is that Fiona yeah, Apple? Yeah. All right. God bless her. Zach. Yeah. You're 16. Yeah. You're talking to uh, really Fiona Apple if Fiona was 6'6", uh, six, six, uh, played the piano. You, you had Fiona Apple in here? Oh, yeah. She's wow. absolutely yeah. Oh, right. oh, very nice. She loves me. She gave me a big hug. She hates Adam. Oh, come on. We run across, we, but we, we run across her all the time, though. Yeah. Like, whenever we are traveling. She was under my bed uh, last week when I was looking Kiss for something. Ass, Adam. All right. Zach? Yeah. What's going on there? All right. I've been in a relationship since eighth grade with this girl that I've grown pretty close to, and all of a sudden things have gone down the tubes. And Why? Why? I don't know. It's just, you know, all of a sudden the feelings have gone. Your you know, feelings. Gone away. Your feelings. Yeah. Okay. Which is which is really quite normal for this age appropriate, let's say. Yeah. But the thing is, she's had suicidal tendencies in the past, and she said before, you know, multiple times that if, you know, anything ever happened and we weren't together, that she'd kill herself. She ever had an eating disorder? Um, I think she has, yeah. Yeah, I just get that, that whole feel where she she is so dependent on other people that she just clings and mm, 
fuses with you and can't let go. Now, by the way, Drew, you've uh, ruined the entire Olympics for me because every time I turn on the uh, female skating events or any uh, event involving females and they show some uh, home footage that their mom took down at the lake when they're three and a half doing some kind of half camel yeah. maneuver, I think, oh, eating disorder, over, you know the, over domineering mother, it, it, abuse it, in the home. It, doesn't have it ruins it. But listen, listen this, this is to bring a little personal thing into this. Uh, my daughter loves ice skating. And uh, she missed the sign-ups for the group class, so now she's going to start private lessons. Oh, <laughs> if you don't it. think that scares me. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I covered skating for CBS Sports for six years. Uh, oh, that's right. It's a dangerous day. I mean, yes, I don't want... It's, just... it's a frightening, a hugely competitive... I don't want her getting into... I, I, if she likes it, great. Good, go on, but we're not going to... You're going to need three it. of these shows to pay for the ice time, too, pal. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. it's just like... Right. And you got to buy a Zamboni too. these days. <laughs> piano you bring your own to the to the rink. All right, so uh, Zach, you want to get, uh, you want to break up. You're done with the relationship. You, you're going to have to be very supportive, uh, but very firm. Okay. Ah. Now, fortunately, you're clear on what your feelings are, and don't talk yourself into believing that you have some feelings rejuvenated somehow by her declarations of love. She can't manage loss of a love love object. Did her dad die or something at a young age? Anything like that ever happened to her? Um, no, she's. Uh, her family life has been yeah. real. Of course, uh, of, of course, of course. Well, it would have been but, better if Dad uh, but, had bought it yeah. when she was one. Uh, there's an easier explanation than just having a sick family. Yeah, he's been like non-existent. All right, all right. drinking binge. All right, all right, all right. But you, you've got to be firm. You've got to be supportive. Uh, but you've got to get out and get her whatever professional help is necessary to keep her safe. Don't take her threats lightly. I'm sure they're very serious. But they're well, not. Well, your, don't freak the kid. But you're not your responsibility. That's his responsibility. He needs to make sure she gets care from somebody else, not him. But you're telling him to run from this relationship. Not run. I'm telling him to. He is intending to leave. You can't. He, he's got chronic. He doesn't have any more feelings. That that's not going to come back. And he he needs to trust that, believe that, and find a way out in such a way that he keeps her safe and transitions her into some care, so he can continue to move away without harming her. John, we always uh, good looking and had lots of checks. I was, uh. And don't give junior, me that awkward no, teenage in, crap. I really was. In junior high school, I was like this height. It's six, a, six. Thank height. God nobody ever has to ask me that question since all my pictures are on the internet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you gotta see, uh. Yeah, hey, uh, Sherry or Lisa, bring in, uh. Bring in Drew's uh, high school junior high shot for John to get a gander at. This 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 is a good laugh. Yeah, I was I was this height and I weighed about 150 pounds, so it was. Uh, uh, so you were a little bad. spindly, but yeah. you uh, you grew into it. And yeah. uh, by the time you're in high school, though, you're in full swing. Uh, college, probably. I mean, uh, college, pardon. <laughs> That's true. Look at him with the Glenn Campbell look over here. <laughs> oh, are, these, are these both you? Yes. Wow. Through three years, like that's, happening. And that's just three weeks that's, apart. Yeah. <laughs> Changes uh, look completely. Three years. I apart. can see why you can talk uh, intelligently about the hallucinogens. Though. <laughs> <laughs> look at that. Look at his eyes. Well, here's the sad part. He wasn't even on drugs. No, I wasn't. I mean, you had an excuse just, for your high school pictures. I, I used to have one of these these uh, shirts. By the way, it's like a country shirt. Yeah, those are country cool. Music yeah. shirt. Yeah. Yeah, that the it snaps up. Yes, doesn't button that's up. That's right. Oh, look at how, how old were you? This junior high? <laughs> no, seventeen. I think. Seventeen. Oh, you're hip. Fourteen. You're very hip. Look at that. Talk about confused. Though. Look at those eyes. Look at this man. He's broken. He's broken at fourteen. Yeah. yeah look at that. Whoa, look boy. at you and that Ooh. hair. You feel like Jody Foster in Taxi Driver. <laughs> 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 that's cool, Christy. Hi. 
Hi. You're 24. I am. You're on with uh, John Tesh and the uh, ghost of Drew Pass. <laughs> I think all three of you guys are so wonderful. Oh, thank you. I think that all you guys are great. And John Tesh, I always get off really late at night, and I see your special. I've seen it twice now, the Avalon. Yeah. I, that is just really uh, electric. Thank you. It's really that's neat. What a good time doing it. That's on uh, the uh, PBS? Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's not, it's not on the... Um, That's on the PBS. It's like the right. Jeff Hotel. Yeah. <laughs> it's great, though. I went to tell Dr. Drew and also Adam that not all your listeners are boneheads. <laughs> I went no, to no, no, I've never said our listeners are boneheads. Oh, wow. yes. Off the air, he says yeah. it frequently. Yeah. <laughs> and then he nods uh, like a madman when I'm saying it yeah. on the air. What's up, Christy? What's well, happening? So well, um, so does Christy. I... <laughs> I have a sister who, um, we, all my brothers and sisters and I were raised in a very um, mentally abusive home. And um, I've been married now for three years um, and have gone through some counseling. But my sister, who's 17, um, is pregnant. She's due in a month. Wow. And I am just really concerned about her. I don't know. I basically wanted to ask you if you could give me some advice on how to help her to get into some counseling or get oh, some help. So hard. It, it's, you know, Christy, it's it's something that if somebody really solves that conundrum, uh -huh. uh, it, it will be of of really uh, unbelievable proportions. I mean, the, the, my addict patients, when they get into recovery and they finally get going and get better and start feeling better, they go, God, how come you couldn't give me that? Get it? How come I couldn't get it before? How come I didn't want to do it? And uh, this one patient, I coined the phrase, How can you give somebody get it? And that really summarizes what you're asking for. How do you get her to get yeah. that she needs help? And they're so defensive and so guarded yeah. and so aggressive and so angry and so unable mm -hmm. to see this. Well, and it's a catch-22 because the, the, the people that realize they need help and seek help uh, aren't as far um, gone well, emotionally. No, sometimes they're so unless far gone they, it's, they, well, it's that or, not, or death. They're in know, their 40s and they've fallen on their face a thousand times. That's the point. The, the wife they, has they, given them some ultimatum. That, right. There's no alternative. They have to get better and they do. And that's a great time to treat people because they have no alternative. But how do you take a seven-year-old who's pregnant and think she knows everything? And Also, uh, if it's a family member, if you say anything, you're immediately judging them and they, and, they don't take that. Or whatever craziness is in that family system will be continue to be projected onto Christy. Uh, it's, so, it's I, ridiculous. You know what you could do? This I know this this might not be something that you're into. You could pray for. Oh my gosh! I trust me. <laughs> I'm really, I'm very much into that. Um, I just I and I've talked to her several times. I just you know, and she tells me that she's spiritual also. And I think the biggest thing, as I'm sure society is as well, I'm concerned about the child. Uh, do, do you guys I, do you guys pray together? My sister and I. Yeah. No, she's in Oregon. I'm in Utah. So, you could do it on the phone. I'm just saying, if she's into oh, something like that, you can actually. I mean, I, I, I'm. This is dangerous for me because yeah. she's a doctor. No, here, no, no. I, listen, I, but, well, I never talk about this, but I think there there is ample evidence that prayer has healing properties to it. But you can get across to her what she needs to do. I would think, you know, through through prayer, and that way, that way, maybe she's coming up with and, it. And by the way, I just finished saying that I can't give somebody get it. You know, if there are, there are yeah. anything else that you can bring in that may get her in touch with get her outside of herself enough to get her in touch with what she needs and get some insight, use it. Well, and I would say also use trusted friends of hers, uh, pe preferably people her own age who have been where she is and had some recovery. That's a very effective way to reach someone like that. I'm a atheist, but 
I have heard, uh, and there has been many studies done on um, healing and recovery times for people in hospitals when they have a bunch of people praying for you them, bet. as opposed to like uh, when I go down with injury and you have a lot of people cursing me. Do you know the one when I listen to this show? How does that for, work, for, by the way? For, <laughs> Do you know? I mean, it's, I didn't finish this thought, though. You know what? For, for, for an hour after the show every night, I pray for you. Yeah, I just, <laughs> want, I just want you to know. <laughs> no, you got. You know what? I, I said this the last time I was here. Was it was it a couple years ago? No, a year and a half ago. A year and a half ago. Well, it must have been because we're at that uh, uh, godforsaken nap. Uh, those people, the people we got to yeah, pray for, yeah, the yeah, television yeah, yeah. people, the, the people uh, that they affect. But you got you guys are you guys are doing good work here. Well, we, really, we really appreciate that. Yeah, 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 we uh, we yeah, get we get cramp once in a while. Did, but. did we did we finish her problem? Well, she can't do anything. Or her, her, her I, I think we we saved two suggestions. One is that she utilize a peer who is trusted, who maybe has had a similar experience. Again, learning from the consequences of peers' actions is an effective way to to have people assimilate information in a way that's more genuine. They just learn it. And then uh, prayer I, I, and bringing in whatever elements in the community that she responds to, whether it be church and religious, whether it is some social group, bring it in. Mm. And, the and, moment, and take care of that child. The moment she thinks you're judging her, though, she's no, going to be done. Yeah. Eh, the moment she thinks she's doing her sisterly thing, she's going to be right. Out, so. right. All right. And, and I've gone through this with a lot of friends, which is sometimes there's just this period you have to get them through where they don't kill themselves or they don't end up in jail or kill anybody else. And if you can get them through that period, which uh, with my buddies is uh, it's going on its 20th year now. Uh, then maybe they'll smarten up eventually and get into some kind of counseling. But the idea is for them not to, uh, you know, uh, destroy school bus or something like that in the interim. All right. But at what point do you become an enabler? If you, if you, or is that a larger question? Well, that's is a huge question. Okay. Let's talk about after the break. All right. All right. Oh, that's a good teaser. Uh, True and John Tash talk about what it's like to be an enabler. Uh, I'm going to have a radio. You, do I get to take this picture home with yes. me? No. Oh, oh man, no. give me a copy. All right, we're going to break. Hey, that is uh, that's fastball, right? Yeah, I like this round. They'll be in there next week, next Sunday. John Tash, who uh, was the bass player for fastball for a number of years until they threw him out for uh, methadone abuse, oh. is uh, here tonight. John uh, has himself uh, three gold albums. Is uh, Grand Passion gold yet? Or it's actually close. Yeah, it, um, that you know what happened was that single with uh, with James uh. is, is doing real well on the radio. So um, yeah, the record's been. This out picture for was not in Pasadena, weeks. was it, Pasadena? What is that? Yeah, you know what it was. Yeah, I you know where that is. I lived. I grew up on that street. It's on. It's a, at the old. It's a Red Cross building now, right? Uh, it's right next to a school. Yeah. 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 And they do a lot of, uh, oh, I'm sorry. It, it, there. That's Let exactly me interrupt the with some radio, uh, yeah. here and say that what, what, uh, Drew is looking at is the back of John's, uh, CD case. And there's a picture that, um, Drew recognizes from his youth. Man, and, uh, speaking of Drew's youth, here's oh, a couple boy. pictures I bet he, uh, wishes he didn't recognize. Yeah. Look it, look, it, look, it does look like you know what this was. This was the Bush estate. How, how old is the Anheuser Busch Bush right, Yard? Don't change 39. the subject. Do you mind telling me how thirty nine? Thirty nine. Yeah. Okay. So that was the seventies. Yeah. Mm. The seventies. The seventies. Went to school out here. Yeah. Seventies was cruel to young people, teenagers no particularly. Really bad news. Yeah. Well, you know when when I was in in college, the only reason you stayed in college because if you if you got out, you got drafted. You, you went to Vietnam. Yeah. That was that was you know that, that was, was what had just was, finished happening when I hit high school. 
so what what are you, John? I mean you're like you're in your early forties. I'm forty five, yeah. Holy mackerel. I know, that's why I was relating to that guy who was forty seven dating the sixteen year old. Right. Can you imagine that? Crazy? Bro, imagine that? What are you on? Some kind of steroids or something? <laughs> Who, me? Yeah. Why? You're praying for yourself a lot, aren't you? <laughs> I am praying for myself. I'm praying for, pray for you. I'm praying for my looks. Jesus, 45. Uh, have you, seen who, have yeah. you seen who I'm married to? I'm definitely praying for... Oh, for, Connie? Yeah. Yeah. So she looks like she's 16, oh. so... What, was it's she, perfect for me. Is she like full-blood Italian, or yeah, what is she? Conchetta Selecchia, yeah, Conchetta Selecchia. Oh, yeah. What, is, what does that mean? That's, That's her name. name. It's a oh, piece oh. of ass in Italian. <laughs> Yes, yes, you guys are a good team. <laughs> she is, uh, she is one fine-looking woman, and she, she's, uh, uh oh, Drew's wife's gonna get pissed, but Drew's wife is uh, blonde and fair-skinned. Although mm -hmm. you've held up uh, pretty good, and Thank Drew's wife uh, is still a fox. But I'm saying the the uh, women with that olive skin and the uh, darker blood coursing through them, it uh, they seem to fare a little better with the sun and oh. uh, the smog and uh, you know all that kind of stuff. So uh, Connie, now what is Connie doing now? She is she being a, a wife and a mother? She is. The that she is also a full-time actress and she just she's working on this she has a thing that would be great for your skin i'm gonna oh, tell you no. i'm gonna tell you oh, it's no. called we used to call it the connie's miracle cream but now it's officially called the celica solution yeah. i can get you this stuff why didn't you bring some well you know i barely have a vial myself because they're keeping it behind closed doors and what is it some kind of they, she worked thing? on it for for five years and went to egypt and developed all this stuff with huh. uh you know all these herbs and all the rest of this stuff and they just actually shot this thing this week and they had all these testimonials with people saying it saved their lives Life and they, well, what you know, does it do? It actually makes you look really, really young. As far it's as it's a cancer treatment. Is it? <laughs> I'll tell you, if they because would... you feel so good about yourself, you won't get cancer. That's what it is. <laughs> All right, we'll bring some of that down next time. Yeah, I can I tell you're interested. Hey, uh, hey, if it doesn't take years off, hell, if it's a good water-soluble lubricant, I'll use it. Oh, God. Oh, please. <laughs> It'd be like, uh, no, I wouldn't do that out of respect for you and Connie. Oh, what a what a woman. What was her big series that uh, uh, she was on? Several of them. Hotel was one. Hotel. Greatest yeah. American Hero. Ah, yes. Remember that one? Yes. Yeah. That was, um, oh, that was uh, the blonde-haired guy. Uh, Bill, uh, Billy Cat. Believe it or not. Very good. Was the number one song? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Great woman that uh, Connie. Bring her in next time. I'm As sure she's. Fact, uh, you stay home. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> bring Connie. Yeah. Jordan. Yeah. Hello? You're 15. Hi. What's going on there? Um. Well, pretty much, I think I'm gay. Oh. I mean. It's going to be the name of uh, John's next uh, CD. Pretty much. Yeah. Have you um, had sex with a, a male? Yes, I have. How old were you when that happened? Um, well, I guess it started when I was about 13, and it's gone up till about the summer. And how old was the guy? Um, he was, he's a year older than me. And was it somebody you really wanted to have sex with? I mean, you knew you were gay going in? I really don't know what happened. Or were you just kind of confused? I guess so. I mean, it just kind of happened, and... I mean, I really don't know how You know you're a gay going well, in. Yeah, look, he, you know what I mean? He, he, it's clear that the other guy was attracted to Jordan and went after him and had a relationship and continued to have one. Jordan still is, is, seems confused that, uh, gee, maybe I'm gay, maybe I'm not. I, I mean, it's, I don't understand where that confusion is coming from. So. Well, I'm very, like, sexually, I don't know, like, around, what scares me, because, like, around little kids, too. Uh-oh. Like, what happened to you when you were a little kid? Nothing. Really, I mean, nothing's happened to him when I was little at all. If you're, if you're, sure. and, uh, uh, Drew's moat just got three feet deeper. Uh, by the way, what do you what do you feel around little kids? 
I don't know. It's not like I feel anything. I just like, I just get like this sensation type thing. It's hard to explain really. But you mean you, you get sexually aroused around kids? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I do. Okay. I mean, only when like if they're sitting on me or if, I mean, if they're just walking around, it's not really that big of a deal, but... Mm -hmm. right. Well, I mean, that's quite a temptation when they're on your I mean, team. the most important thing is that you don't act on anything like that. If you ever come near acting on this, you can understand that that's... Well, I kind of have a few times. On kids? Yeah. And it, I mean, not to, like, make maximum point, but, like, where I've kind of, like, touched them and be like, wait a minute, what am I doing? All right, you've got to get some kind of help. Well, I've talked to my mom about... I mean, I haven't like told her all this, but I've talked to her about getting a psychologist, and she just says, "Oh, all teenagers, all teenagers need psychologists." Well, you need one because you're breaking the law. Well, tell her you need two. You really need one, Jordan. You got, you got to. It's great that you are, want to change that. <laughs> Your mom. Oh, for Christ! Can sake. you tell somebody at school? Mm, no. I mean, well, wait, what's he going right to do? I mean, yeah, I agree. He has to do something. And, and uh, the, you know, the fact that he's talking about it is uh, sort of a step in the right direction. When's the last time he did something like this? Uh, probably about a month ago. Then what was the extent of it? Um, I, I touched, I really just touched him in the little area, and he's like two, I think. And who, whose kid was this? Um, it's this, this, this woman I watch. I watch her children. Oh, jeez. Mm -hmm. Jordan, you got to take yourself away from those environments. For the well, time it's like a lot, and a lot of my mom's friends have children that. Well, you you age. you've got to stay away from it. Something I suspect something happened to you when you were that age too, and that's why you're now acting that out. Nothing happened to you, Jordan. Not at all. Not that well, you, what, not what? you remember. <laughs> Truth can't, can't accept this because no, I mean it, it, I'm not saying that it can't happen. And there's people that debate whether or not it, how much it is actually present when people do this sort of thing later, but. You know from listening to this show, Adam. Uh, yeah. Fairly common. Here's, here's some non clinical motivation for you. You're going to be put in jail for the rest of your life, so you better knock it off. How about that? All right. And, and by the way, um, um, they treat uh, folks, uh, pedophiles, a little differently in prison. I hear. Uh, you, um, you're, uh, you're at the bottom of the pile, in other words. Uh, they know what you've done when you're in prison. Yeah. Uh, don't tell me how they figure out so much crap in prison. They got uh, they got heroin, they got pot, they got cigarettes, uh, they got porn movies. They're getting like uh, uh, estrogen uh, injections and stuff. Uh, what the hell goes on in prison? But they know what everyone did, and the guys uh, that are in there for feeling up kids are uh, on like a sp you know in a special place, and uh, they got to be watched at all times and all that kind of stuff. As opposed to uh, guys like me who just get thrown in for killing their uh, talk show host partners <laughs> we're actually revered as heroes all right jordan you must get help for yourself and uh, not only for yourself but for uh, everyone in your environment you understand yeah uh, it, as far as your sexual proclivity goes and whether you're gay or, or straight or bi that's all sort of um, not as important right right now. that is a secondary issue you must get help for this issue and then you can go on and sort of uh, figure out which way your compass is pointing all right all right, all right please jordan all right thank you very all much right, We've never had one of those calls, have we? We have, but not right in the middle of the evolution of that disorder. You know what I mean? Yeah. If he were 20 and saying that to us, we'd be outraged and calling the police. But he's a 15-year-old struggling with this now. See how different that is? Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't, it's still the same thing. Let me, let me ask you a technical question. What, what, that takes a lot of courage to make a phone call yeah. like that. Yeah. What, I mean, it seems to me like somebody would know who he is. Or I mean, he's actually, I mean, he's calling out for help, obviously. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I always wonder where uh, all our callers get the guts uh, to call in about these very personal issues. And then uh, I realize uh, I'm talking about masturbating six, seven times <laughs> a night uh, on this thing and urinating in the sink. And uh, I got my family right here in town. So, and I'm 33 for Christ's sake. So then I realize, uh, hey, it may not take the guts uh, you'd think. All right, so Jordan, please get some help. Uh, John Tesh is here. I'm here. Drew's here, and uh, we'll all still be here after this. Fresh face punks out there. That's when that's when TV shows had theme songs like uh, Sanford and Son and Mannix. Right. Poor guys listening to all this computer-generated crap. Some uh, prepudescent kid singing in a falsetto voice, or uh, or worse yet, the uh, stars in the thing singing it. Like yeah, a, that song would come on. Like I, that song would come on. I'd be so in love because Connie played this. Uh, uh, Attorney. Oh wait a minute, wait a minute John. We got to go to a ten-second break, and then oh, you're no, going to tell us no, about never mind. the man. No, 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 I just, no, no. I just got caught up in the song and everything. Ten seconds, because this is it's a akin to me meeting my stripper girlfriend and <laughs> watching her on stage. This is this is good. I, I don't mean that in an offensive way. We'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back in ten seconds. This is we're all getting a little retro wood in here. <laughs> but what you're saying, Adam, is that for you, you had the same experience, but for you to have had it, it was a stripper in a club listening to music. Saying, oh, oh, I got it. Yeah, it was poison. It wasn't uh, whoever. The, who is this, Mike? Joel Scarberry. It wasn't Joel Scarberry. This song wasn't big amongst the strippers, uh, by the way. It's mostly fog hat and poison. But uh, the, the point is, is there's nothing more exciting than um, seeing a woman, uh, whether it be uh, on stage with a pair of panties around her head, or uh, playing a, the uh, voluptuous attorney in uh, Greatest American Hero. Seeing her first studying her for a little while, and then eventually meeting her. And See, that's the power of prayer, Adam. I prayed every night that I would meet her. And it really? There you go. Well, yeah. I've been doing that with uh, Adrian Barbeau for now, <laughs> going, going on my 27th year in Snake yeah, and, Eyes. And you went out, you said you went out and, and rented Swamp Thing over there. Oh, over yes. Here, right? yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've created my own swamp over Swamp <laughs> Thing. That's an old quagmire in my room. There's gators in my room. So. <laughs> Albino gators. I got the foil on the window. <laughs> this is what your son, sunlight. Uh, John, this is what your son's looking to every night, right? <laughs> All these references are way over Gibson. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's not going to make uh, make make these meet. Uh, so, John, you would watch Connie on this when this show was out. What the late seventies? Mm. Mid seventy seven, seventy eight. Was it was eighties? Was oh, it was eighties? Yeah, I think so. I can't remember. Was I? I can't remember. And it ran no, no, no. Hotel was in the eighties, so it had to be the seven. It had to be the yeah, it must the late seventies. It must have ran like seventy seven, seventy eight, seventy nine, or something like that. It was, cool. it was a cool show. Yeah, it was a good show, and that was the number one song. So it was like that show was happening. So yeah. where were you at that point? 
You were. I, I know you were dodging Vietnam. Yeah, you know, dodging that's this. my way to Canada. Right. And I picked, picked it up on the UHF transceiver. And and you watched her. You fell in love with her. Yeah, I think I think most people did. Is what happened. And what? Uh, how long then? Uh, did, after that, did you actually meet her? Oh, we didn't meet until. You know, like I said, like seven years ago, something like that. Uh, we met in uh, in a health club in <laughs> in Palm Springs. I was doing an event. She was doing an event. We were the only two people in there. Wow. And we bumped into each other. Yeah. Right in the sauna. But yeah. see, I mean, I mean, I don't know if you can relate to this, but I was never going to talk to her. I mean, way out of my league. And so I'm, right. I'm walking out of the thing, and she goes, John? And I said, oh, look. It's, you know, like I haven't seen her, right? You know, right. But, um... Yes, yeah, so I, I never would have talked talked to her. But uh, it certainly clicked in your head when you saw her. I mean, uh, that you had those feelings for her way before you'd you'd ever met her. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing more exciting. I mean, uh, the greatest oh, wow. uh, day or uh, ten minutes, um, five minutes of my life was uh, when I actually coaxed my ex-stripper girlfriend. Um, now, I know this is a sort of North Hollywood uh, version of what you wow. and Connie have, but uh, after a whole summer of going uh, to this bar, um, coaxing uh, her back to my uh, rented room and uh, having my way with her, that was one of the greatest experiences of my life. Your dad must be so proud of you. He really is. Yeah. <laughs> my dad said to me, I said, uh, yeah, I got a new woman. He said, uh, and we were talking about my dad being a therapist uh, during the break, and he said, uh, what'd she do? I said, uh, she's a stripper, and um, he started to say something. I said, but now listen, Dad. She's uh, college-educated. Uh, she's just doing it for the money. Uh, she's very bright. She's a great sense of humor. Um, is in no way uh, into drugs, and she just happens to be doing this because she can make more money doing this than she could be uh, as a receptionist at some crappy job, so on and so forth. And when I was all winded, he looked at me and he said, Yes, but that means something. And uh, I said, no, it doesn't mean anything. And he's just, that's all he would say because he knew there was no way he was going to talk me out of this uh, stripper. I was actually uh, dry humping his leg while I was talking <laughs> oh, about her at the time. I was so excited about her sexually at the time. He just said about five times, that means something. And um, You're uh, right, this is worse than the calls. I see why they call it. <laughs> a year later, we found out uh, that it did, in fact, mean something, uh, Drew. Nostra, Nostra Papas. <laughs> Sarah. Yeah. You're uh, 17. Yeah. You're on with John Tesh. Okay. Go ahead. Um, well, I'm going out with this guy now, and last year I wasn't going out with him, but he was going out with this girl, and he cheated on her with me. Mm. But now they're not going out, and we're together. And he's dating somebody else now. No. Just me and him are together. Yeah, but, but he's he's got to be lining up his next one. Sure, because there's a void. When yeah. you when you uh, marry your mistress, uh, that leaves a Why void. Why don't you guys let her finish? She's not even finished her story yet. We are we we start in with the abuse real early. You guys already know the end of the story. Yeah, yeah. I know the question. All right, go mm -hmm. ahead, Sarah. Um. Well, I just is it possible that he won't cheat on me? Yes, it's possible. Okay. Yes. How but, likely is it, though? I can't give you any numbers. Our, our basic position is that cheaters cheat. Okay. And, uh, you know, I mean, a guy can... can tr I, here's my best advice to you. Get him to clarify what your relationship is with him. Well, is yeah, it, I've it, asked him before. Is it monogamous? Does he love you? Where does he see this going? Yeah, he and, claims to love me and that right. he would never cheat on me and all this. And, right. and, don't, and don't necessarily... Uh, 
I mean, if he tells you something, believe it. That's that's about the best advice I can give yeah. you. And and also believe the reality. Whatever his actions tell you, believe it. Okay. okay. How old is he? He's eighteen. Mm -hmm. I mean, he may, maybe got out of his system, maybe it was just her, I mean, who knows? Well, sometimes you're with someone, they're not the right person, and you meet the right person, and it can happen. I'll, uh, I'll afford uh, everyone uh, a couple of these over the course of their dating career, but when they start stringing them together, and there's a definite pattern there, and uh, then you just become a number. Mm -hmm. All right, Sarah, but don't, don't go ahead and sabotage the relationship because you think he's going to sabotage it later on. But well, I know. I mean, he tells me that he won't, but and I try to believe him. But knowing that he did that already with well, me, don't, don't but you can't hold yeah, against don't. you can't hold uh, what brought you two together against the guy. Normally, we're yelling at people to just at least acknowledge that that potential is there because of the way he behaved before. Now right. you're obsessing about it. Yeah. So don't. Okay. All right, and then pick yourself some uh, up some of that Connie Selk uh, uh, magic uh, Wonder Year cream. <laughs> I, I know you're 17 and you're not showing, but uh, you'll thank me in 20 years. I'm going to get a little plug in there. You know, it's great. It, it, it was subtle. It? <laughs> I just slide it in the back door there at the end. You know, at TV, when they do these infomercials, they just get really good-looking people and figure out that, hey, they must know something about being really good-looking because they've been good-looking for so long. But uh, Connie was uh, good looking at three, good looking at, uh, at thirteen, good looking at twenty three, good looking at thirty three. Yeah, right. But, but I'm I'm telling you, this stuff works. Really? Oh, yeah. But how how uh, do you have to dunk your head in it? No, no, just a little little, uh, little dab of swath of it. Uh, really? In the morning and evening, and yeah. I'll get you the whole thing. Uh, I, don't I can need tell it. you're interested. I got a sense of humor. I, I can, you know, and women love that. That's yeah, I was, right. I was going to say that because, and you must, I mean, oh yeah. That's what it. your dad was trying to tell you. Is that you don't need a stripper, you know, because you, because you, 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 you know. Well, I listen, don't my dad when I was nineteen uh, pulled me aside and said, uh, "Listen, son, I know your mom, <laughs> and I know myself, and I know you're going to have some difficulty with women. <laughs> so here's the deal: because they have a therapist, I'm going to find you a therapist. Yeah, there we go. She's going to be a female because you need to talk to a woman and bond, and I'm going to pay for half." And uh, they basically just, uh, that was it. I wow, got about three cool. years in there. It was a bitch yeah. because I was just telling someone this story and, and cringing. I was making seven bucks an hour digging uh, footings on a construction site. And uh, after taxes, I was probably bringing home about uh, oh, yeah. 45 bucks a day. And once a week, I was heading over to the shrink <laughs> and dropping a day's mm. pay. I didn't even have car insurance. Yeah. I mean, I was driving uh, a, a Yugo with three wheels and with no insurance. Uh, I was driving like a motorcycle or something. And, uh, God, it was a lot of money back then. It was like a whole day of digging. I was the guy who, I was the tamper. You know what a tamper is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pad the thing down. Exactly. Spray awesome. water on it. Exactly. Yeah. Did you use the uh, gas-powered yeah. ones? Yeah, It was just a, it's a big foot, and it goes... Right. That's yeah. what does his tamp. I yeah. used one of those things in a hole until we all got, like, carbon monoxide poisoning <laughs> and decided to let us out. Oh, jeez. I, I got to sue everybody. Uh, put, uh, make a mental note for me, bro. <laughs> Can you make a mental note for me? Sure. All right. And they had, uh, it wasn't the old steam-powered uh, stampers uh, no, back when? No, gas powered. Yeah. All right. You did that for five minutes, though, and then you got <laughs> on to your modeling career, so I don't feel sorry for you. Toby, I did that crap for 13 years. Toby, you're 14. Yeah, um, I want to dye my hair and pierce my nose 
And I, but I have to go to court in two days, and my dad didn't want me to until after court. Can mm -hmm. you understand his logic there? Not really, because I still have to go to court after that. Right. In the middle of uh, some kind of custody battle or something? Actually, it's more along the lines of theft charges. Yeah. Do you want to go to jail? No. Why don't you give it a nice, you know, brush up and appear, appear oh. the way they want you to appear when you go to court? Well, I've already been to a juvenile detention center once. Do you want to go back? No. Okay, why don't you just clean up and uh, get it to keep it together long enough to present yourself to the court? Because you don't have to do that. I believe that you can keep... I mean, you don't have to express your antisocial fury <laughs> quite that, quite so, so impulsively. You, you, you make a good point. You know what really works in these cases? And, and, and we do this as... Us old people do this. You make a list. On the left side is, is, is the, the stuff. Pros. Is the pros. And on the right side is the cons. And when the con is going to jail, and then you just cross out all the left side stuff. Actually, is a, you become a con, yeah. actually. I mean, the court is not going to... The, the judge is not going to give a damn about you or your statements. He's just going to look at you and send you where you need to go. And I, I, just, just stay out of jail. And by the way, if I was up on the bench, uh, that would be... 100% of my decision-making would be based on appearance. Well, if you can't even if you can't even contain your impulses to the Ted point... Ted Bundy that, would go free. Well, the, get it together to appear in court, imagine what else you're going to do in the face well, of other social well, bodies. Yeah, also, you have to imagine that the judge has a kid who probably has a ring in his nose and, <laughs> in, his, and in his tongue, and he's very angry anyway, so... Uh -huh. Hey, I watch these, like, uh, People's Court or uh, Judge Judy or whatever. The, the, these people are on TV and in court, and the guy's wearing a uh, Macon Bacon sweatshirt, <laughs> a couple of pigs getting it on, and he's, like, uh, he's cracked himself a beer, and he's sitting there, like, scratching himself. I'm thinking to myself, you can't pull it together for 15 minutes? You don't know someone who could lend you an effing sport coat? You're on TV and... In, in court, you can't put on a, a clip-on. It is so pathetic. I would just uh, deem these people uh, mentally uh, uh, incompetent and, and lock them up for as long as the law would allow. But Dr. Judy, because she has a piece of the of the show, is thinking this is great television. Judge Judy. Yeah, Judge, Judge Judy. Judy. <laughs> Dr. Judy. Oh, Dr. Judy's the other one. <laughs> Sorry. That's Drew's, uh, <laughs> Drew's nemesis. Hey, one of my friends was on People's Court once. Uh -huh. Snake was on there. It was Snake the guy that works at your house? Yeah. Oh. Well, you got a whole staff that's running around finding this music. It's, am it's amazing. Yep. Are you rating Casey Kasem's stash? Is that what the deal is? Just uh, Engineer Mike. It's, uh, it's a certain kind, kind of genius. Oh, too bad he's not that way with women. Could you imagine? Wes. Wes. Hello. You're 17. Yeah. Mike, we got to get you a date. Have you been dating at all, Mike? No. It's been a while, right? Since that chick who uh, hauled gravel dumped you? Yeah. Made, made him get a vasectomy. Oh, that's right. You had that. He did that on his own. No. <laughs> he's doing the same thing I'm doing, though. He's got the facial hair thing, trying to trying to look cool. Yeah, uh, no, it, yeah, work, it, it works. It, it works but, on you. No, you guys. look cool. You actually do look cool. <laughs> I just look like a guy who used to be on television who's trying to look cool. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, that's it. All right. I bet you miss that Mary Hart every day. I do. I do. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> Is she still on? No. Everyone's tired her. Wes. Hello. You're 17. What's, What's the going? deal? <laughs> yeah, I like... <laughs> I need to know some ways on how to quit smoking pot. Go to M.A. 
M-A. Marijuana Anonymous. Is there, like, any other things you can do besides that? Uh, you will you will not stop unless you... If, if you're really addicted to pot, it, it's a very serious form of addiction. Are there you, any techniques that you are aware of that involve hey. not quitting smoking pot while you're quitting smoking <laughs> exactly, pot? Exactly. That's what he's asking, basically. And actually, there are. Most people use it. It's switching to speed or alcohol. Oh, okay. And that's what usually that. happens to the marijuana addicts that stop smoking or get so frustrated with the fact that it stops working... They switch to something else. How, but how much different is that than quitting alcohol or, or like nicotine? Marijuana addiction occurs in only a small percentage of addictively prone individuals, and it's uh, alcoholics primarily, and it is severely addictive. I mean, these people cannot stop. And if they do stop, it's they have extreme depressions and a lot of difficulty managing their feelings and eventually go back to something. And so if you don't go to some form of treatment, if you don't change the process, there's really no way to manage without the, uh, some form of drug. It's just not realistic. But where do you find M.A.? I mean, what? Oh, they're everywhere. They're all over the place. Yeah. Just to call A.A. locally, they'll give you a referral to M.A. if you can't find an M.A. Where are you and, at, and there, and there, By the way, Wes, is there, there is a detox from, from uh, marijuana. I mean, I use Ativan typically when I'm detoxing people from marijuana, and it, it can be very uncomfortable for about five days. What's Ativan do? It, it suppresses the withdrawal syndrome somewhat. Mm, all right. uh, could you bring some samples for me? <laughs> I knew that was coming. I can see it. Trying to detox. We're going out on the road, Drew, and I'm, you know, that's, uh, that's a long three days. It's you, uh, no drugs. It's going to be horrible. You know, you know, this Bad is, this is a classic enabling. How, 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 how tempting it is for me to just have you uh, stated. Hey, Drew, so, you already scored. I brought him with around. me. Do you guys sit next to each other when you travel on the plane to a different city? Yeah, but what a yeah. nice idea, though. Think about that. We should... Yeah, like if you could... Uh, but you know you we both sit next to... Uh... Yeah, we. Well, not only do we get next to each... Well, it's there, there's three across. Uh, it's me, Drew, and a pro wrestler, <laughs> and then uh, the bulkhead uh, right behind us. And uh, we just sit there and, you know, Drew, what are you, six foot, six one? I'm six two, and we uh, just jockey for uh, elbows. But, you know, you can, you can sort of hide behind... Them, not not hide, but you but you're anonymous and they're anonymous when you're when you're doing this. When you're in in person, you get to see these people and they do, are, are the questions the same? It's shocking. Not only are they the wow. same, they get up. Imagine you're in school, stand up in front of three thousand of your peers at school and ask the same wow. questions. Unreal. Wow. Yeah, oh, we're talking about these uh, lecture uh, tours that uh, Drew and I do. Val. Um. Hello. You're sixteen. Yeah, um, I got my tongue pierced about two months ago, mm-hmm. and um, I did everything I was supposed to. I, like, rinsed it, and um, after everything I ate, and all my lymph nodes are swollen, and there's all this, um, like, white stuff all on the bottom, and I did everything I was supposed to. I was wondering why it's still doing that. And this is two months ago? Yeah. Um, it's infected. I've seen tongues get infected. It can be pretty nasty. Um, can I do anything for it, or do I just have to take it out? I, uh, you should call the place that did the piercing. Uh huh. Did you use all the mouthwashes they recommend? Yeah. Are you, st- are you yeah. still using them? Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you need to be on some antibiotics, some very oh. strong antibiotics. It's, it's any infections of the head and neck can be very serious. Mm-hmm. So please get it looked into right away. I suspect the the uh, stud will need to come out. Uh huh. Feel free to go ahead and pull that out uh, after, let's say, the first six or seven weeks of what, a what severe infection. What will happen if I don't? Will it? The infection can become a head and neck infection can kill They're people. They're going to bury you with a barbell in your tongue. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, but it, it depends what's going on here. Oh. I mean, if you really get it going, it can be terrible. Oh, and I, I'm a big John Tesh fan. You are. Oh, Thanks. Yeah. Well, here he is. Hello. You. Uh, I need, well, you go to the doctor. I need everyone I can get. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. 
right. Thanks. All right, thank you. All right, Val. Well, and um, that was the only John Tesh fan with a tongue piercing. I can I can tell you that right now. Mm, not necessarily. What? You know, there's uh, one of the uh, oh, associate producers on, on Conan O'Brien has her tongue pierced. And, and oh, really? Yeah, I, I'm I mean, saying that, like that, that giant, like, ball bearing <coughs> thing. But that, that 16-year-old, that, mm. that's a new generation coming in, guys. And they're they're into different things than... Who knows how they're going oh, what to about What about your kid? Uh, Gib is, what, yeah. 16? Yeah. Gee, yeah. Is he wanting to get into some weird stuff? Tattoos, uh, piercings? Uh, no, he's a, he's in a, a rock band, a really good rock band, actually. I was, I was like, you know, I was stunned, not because he's not a great player. He's a fantastic player, but... These guys had rehearsed for like a couple of weeks, and then I heard them live at this at this club called Dizzy Debbie's, and they were like, "Well, it was like there were like three bands that played that last night uh, that, at that night, and they were all fantastic. And and doing great. What's stuff. he play? He plays keyboards. He also plays drums. But I mean, they had huh. they had kids in there that were like um, they'll do like a Zeppelin tune or a Hendrix tune or something like that, and then they'll do a couple of originals. You know, and, and always I mean, cracks me up when uh, there's some like 13 year old going, "What my." <laughs> Woman, you left me one too many times, and it's like uh, they're doing some uh, some blues riff or something. It's like when um, when when you'd see the Jackson Five like on yeah, a Soul Train, yeah. and Michael Jackson's like nine years old, and he's talking about, "Girl, I want to love you." <laughs> it's like, hold on, buddy, you don't even got pubic hair yet. I went, I went to this uh, this thing that they did at the Harvard Westlake School. They had this choir thing that they did, and and I'm thinking, oh great, this is a high school thing. You know, it sounded like Manhattan Trans. Sounded better than Manhattan Transfer. <laughs> These kids were like unbelievable. Well, huh? here's I think uh, like sports. I mean, you take a look at uh, take a look at basketball for just one second. Everyone close their eyes. Uh, turn the clock back to the 50s or 60s bunch of guys uh, white kids and buzz cuts uh, doing uh, throwing uh, basically shooting from between their knees right, right? right now you see these guys that are in height at the high school level they're six eight six nine they're doing alley-oops and jamming it's the shoes and <laughs> yeah that the eighth of an inch of rubber <laughs> has really made the difference but the point is is I think uh, this happens in the talent department uh, as well I think uh, kids are, are getting uh, there's like this uh, kid that plays the blues guitar, this blonde haired uh, kid I saw on the like, Disney Channel I can't remember the name of yeah, this I kid about plays amazing blues guitar and like we were talking about Leanne Rimes uh, earlier and then there's, there's always been kid stars but I mean they're they're like adults now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> look at Drew when he was sixteen. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, uh, Glenn Campbell uh, at a uh, eating disorder clinic <laughs> as a counselor or something. I mean, this look at this. This isn't a person. This is just a guy stuffed into a bad shirt. He didn't have any talent. But what what is that hairdo? Because I, I think I had that hairdo too. What is that? Is that there was a, a famous? Oh, it was uh, Richard Carpenter. Yeah. From the Carpenters, yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and uh, Speaking of eating disorders. I had the Karen Carpenter do, actually. The uh, curly brown hair. All right, Drew, uh, can people check the Internet and uh, get this picture? Because it's got to be driving people nuts now. AdamandDrew.com. Oh, thanks, Mike. There you go. And uh, I don't think there's any pictures of me, so uh, go ahead and look that up. And we'll be back with more John Tesh. All right. More Love Line with the nicest guy in show business, John Tesh. 
And uh, I said Drew was, but now I've been unseated. Yeah, I think you're out of show business. Uh, an hour with John. You, you, know, you know when you when you when you go into therapy and you feel like if like say like ten o'clock in the morning and for the rest of the day you feel great. I always feel that way when I'm around you. It's great. Oh, yeah, it's very cool. nice. Oh, thank, yeah, you. thank you. Not you. Not <laughs> Drew. Well, now that I know that your dad is a therapist, it makes oh, me yes. feel like you actually may know what you're doing. It's cool. Yes. Give uh, give you and Connie a group right. Yeah. Do they do that? I can't remember. You know, the, it, Bring as many people in as you can. You know, the, the only thing that pissed me off about group therapy, which is uh, I, something I did for like a year and a half once, was... Is that they're all writing books now. <laughs> oh, you mean sitting around a bunch of people you don't oh, know? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That's wow. heavy. That's heavy. <laughs> I couldn't handle that. It's heavy. Well, you're John Tesh. It'd be <laughs> weird. It's <laughs> like uh, Adam, the construction guy. <laughs> It'd be really weird hearing John go, I, I cry when I masturbate. And you're like, oh, wow, that's heavy, man. <laughs> Seeing him on TV that night, you know. No, but it's cheaper because it's only like 30 bucks or 40 bucks oh. a pop. But here's the here's the thing where I think you, you get screwed is it, if you... It doesn't matter if it's four people or 40 people. If No, if you miss a session, you still got to pay even though nine other people showed up. Right. And my take was like, well, why? You didn't cancel it because uh, I know I understand the logic, but as long as enough people showed up to have the session anyway, I don't think I should have to pay. It's to try to get you to make sure well, you come and to have right. value for what you're doing, value uh, in what you're doing. I see. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And uh, like I was telling Drew uh, the other night, <laughs> don't give me that look, Drew. My problem is, is I was, you know, 28 and had been through like five years of therapy, and I was sitting with kids that were like 14, going, um, my my stepmom uh, confiscated my skateboard, and like I have like some anger and some issues with it, and I was like, oh Christ, kid, I'm 28, I'm living with four guys, and I'm making 850 an hour. And uh, I've, uh, I've, the only stand-up I've ever done was open mic, and I get the flashlight after three minutes. <laughs> I don't care about you and your effing skateboard. All right. Well, Thanks for that little yeah, moment. Yeah, we all feel better now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Ariel. Yeah. You're 18? Yeah. Is it Ariel? Yeah, it's Ariel. All right. What's up? Hey. The Mermaid. Yeah. Uh, Adam, Dr. Drew, I love your show. I listen to it all the time. Thank yeah. you. Um, my question, though, is for uh, John. I was wondering how you got started in music, and uh, and also how your son got started. I play the guitar, and uh, starting to feel confident with my playing, and I don't know where to go. That's the whole thing, is feeling confident with, with your playing, because if you feel like you don't want to play for other people, uh, then you probably won't have a good time. I know that sounds crazy, but it, it's that wanting to get up there and and um, and play and perform that I think is a lot of a lot of fun. There's probably some sickness there that Dr. Drew's going to tell me about, but yeah. but. Um, I was always sort of a closet player, and because uh, my my dad was really rough on me, I played classical music, and he was, used to wake me up in the middle of the night during parties and tell me to play stuff. And if I made a mistake, he'd make me play it again. Oh, so I had performance anxiety for many years. Uh -huh. um, Holy back into crap! The, back into the therapy. Did you have an eating disorder? Um, no, no, okay. no. I was one of those kids who had to drink like fifty milkshakes a day just to keep <laughs> my weight up, you know. Uh, but anyway, um, I, you know, I think. Do, do you listen to other music and play along with it? Uh, yeah, you know, like a lot of different kind of music, um, however, not yours. <laughs> no, that's cool. I do enjoy, uh, I more appreciate your music than I, than I listen to it. And you have to have it, I understand. Yeah. Um, um, you, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I, that I was taught by jazz teachers was, you know, the reading thing is cool, and I went through all of that, but, uh, listening to, putting the boom box on and playing along with it will, will improve your ear more than 
anything. In fact, um, even you know doing that with Mozart or, or Stravinsky or Rachmaninoff is uh, is cool. Just pick out that? just pick out the melodies. You know? mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, it's great. Drew uh, he sings a little opera. I don't know if you're aware of that, John. Oh, really? Oh, Very yes. Well. Now, I, I didn't know. Do not. Are you familiar with the blind tenor? No. And, and, uh, Andre Bocelli? He's, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, you should listen to that stuff. Okay. Uh, Ariel. Yeah. So uh, just keep playing. And uh, and don't worry about sucking. I, I, I never played an instrument, but I'm, which, equ I'm equating this to uh, comedy, which is uh, don't worry about sucking for a little while. But you know what else? The more you practice, the more you play guitar, the less you can ruin your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? And... and well, unless you get um, you get hooked on drugs, like uh, all all our guests all, come all in guitar here play, players, right? play the guitar. But uh, now, see, it's amazing, John, that you did not uh, get turned off by the piano by uh, your dad's strong arm tactics when you were younger. I mean, see, I would think you just uh, never want to get near a piano. No, I, I, no, I, I like got out of the house. I loved playing. I just never wanted to play in front of people. I used to lose the feeling in my left arm. I mean, it was amazing. I went mm -hmm. to this guy in town here, uh, a guy named John Hart, who, who saved me. And he, um, he's a therapist, and he deals with a lot of symphony players here in town who have performance anxiety. What happens with performance anxiety, and it may be may relate sexually too, but in music, when you're on stage, all of a sudden, the worst thing happens to you, which is you lose your memory and if you've got a classical oh, piece yeah. or whatever to play all you're thinking about is okay i'm going to get through this one bar and then i'm not going to be able to remember anything you start to panic and the moment you panic on stage you're finished right and I, you know as a performer the same oh thing. sure yeah. i lost feeling in my left hand once and dropped the magazine <laughs> mike where are you with the uh with the rim shot please kiss my ass Adam. all right he's ready with that one uh robin <laughs> Hi, you guys. All right, get John while he's punchy. <clears throat> oh, yeah. <clears throat> I know my voice is going. Um, hi, John. Hi. Hi, hi Dr. Drew. Adam. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I have a, a problem. Well, no, it's, I don't know if it's a problem or not because I know that you've dated a stripper before. Yes. Anyway, we're starting a business, and um, the, this lady that um, has a strip place, uh, she wants my husband to start taking pictures of the ladies over there. Mm. And I've got about 20 pounds over, you know, and um, I'm just wondering, do you think that the girls are going are gonna to tease me or what have you? Because my husband says that there's, that there's no problem with me um, and he wants me to go with him over there. But I'm just, I'm so embarrassed because I'm gonna, these girls are going to have beautiful bodies and I'm going to be this, I feel like some kind of a... Well, are you, are you getting up on stage? You know what? They, they've they seen my picture, and she was asking me, and I told her, I'm so sure. I got about 20 pounds, and there's oh, no way. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Uh, do, you uh, have a, do you have a fax number? I'll fax you a picture right now of me, and it's just a regular picture just a couple of days ago. But I'm, mm. I'm just... Uh, Okay. I'm, sure, what's the fax? <laughs> I'm, just, three, I'm really nervous. All right, all right Rob, it's 310-854-4455. Uh, uh -huh. 4455? 55? 55. Hey, uh, Robin. Yeah. I, I'm still not exactly clear on what's going on. Your husband has to go to a strip joint for some work-related thing. No, no, no. See, we're pictures. starting um, a business. A um, photography company. For, um, we're right. making photos and what have you. Did that, you say it's 310 area? Yeah. Yes. I, I, okay, I'm going to send my, my husband's going to fax this over I, to you right but now. Please, so, Robin, we don't understand. I'm still sticking with the work-related uh, okay. story. That's why your husband has to go to the strip place. Right, but he wants me to go with You're going to so, attend. So you don't feel bad, so you I don't feel, feel threatened. I'm very self-conscious right yet, now of the way I look. Would you rather he go by himself? 
<laughs> no. Okay, so you're going to go. Do you have to get up and dance? No, I, I won't. No, I'll be there, but I'll be there around the girls when he's taking the pictures. That's mm. fine. And mm. I'm just, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm trying on all my dresses, and I just feel so self-conscious. Do you guys have kids? Uh, yes. We've been married seven years. We have two little ones. All right. So uh, he's not, he's not. Uh, he, if. If he wasn't embarrassed of me, do you think that... Um, he won't be embarrassed. Me? Robin, Rob, this is all your stuff. He won't be embarrassed. He's, you think I'm all right? I, I mean, think do you think I'll be okay? Uh, I think you'll be yeah, A-okay. Yeah, I, I do. I'm, I it's mean, hard for me to even explain. I know this is, sounds like a lame brain, you know, mm. problem, you know, for you. Um, Adam, I'm going to uh, go ahead. After I get off, my yeah. husband's going to fax the picture. Could you Please. let me know? Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you you look fantastic right now ahead of time. Well, no, but Wait I'm a minute. Just came over. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, All producer. Right. Thank Fantastic. You hey, Robin. Yeah. Um, uh, you got using some kind of birth control now? Um, are, yeah. Are you done having kids? Yes. All right. That's a good idea. Okay, well, I'm going to send you. And you look, Robin, if, if you, uh, I, I'm sure there are other sort of issues of self-worth, but if you really have issues also oh, with how you Lord. appear physically, take command of that. Go well, start working out. Diet. Do it for yourself. That's all. Okay. Well, that's. Thank you, John. I, you know, I'm trying, but it does what my husband tells me. But I'm just so self-conscious. Well, they're like your husband very loves very you. Crazy. Your husband loves you. You've got two kids. Everything's gonna be fine. Oh. Don't worry. Wow, <laughs> Drew. Oh, the kids. Oh, the kids. Kids are like big sponges, aren't they? Oh yes. No, they just suck up. Um, Everything. They could fall into a crystal pool of um, Alp water. Or they could uh, fall um, into uh, the stuff that runs into the uh, Santa Monica Bay. But uh, either, oh. <laughs> either way, they're going to pick it up. Yeah. Oh, John. John, yeah. don't you feel blessed? That's that's the thing about this show. You walk out feeling better about yourself than you ever did, you ever did before, don't you, Drew? And Drew doesn't. Drew wants to kill himself. But, John, you, you get your kids. I mean, look, everyone's got their problems. Mm-hmm. But not the kind of problems that our listeners have. Well, I think yeah, I think you're right. I think everybody does have their problems. Oh, that is really uh, the one thing, uh, or not the one thing, but one of the few things I've learned from uh, doing this show and uh, hanging out during the commercials and hanging out next to Drew, because uh, a lot of our uh, guests, uh, no matter how big they are, when you leave, you leave someone in in, in a room with a doctor. They start asking questions mm -hmm. immediately. Mm -hmm. Like uh, if uh, C. Everett Coop was trapped with Drew in this room, he would immediately start complaining about pains that he's having <laughs> in his lower abdomen, and they would probably get into some sort of a uh, doctor uh, volley back and forth. But everybody has problems. It's just you can pay people to take care of them when you uh, when you uh, sell a few records. That is the message I'd like to pass <laughs> along to the listeners today. And, and the fact that C. Everett Coop is the only Surgeon General you've ever been able to remember in your life. Jocelyn any, any of us. Elder, any of us. Elders, you, oh, you that bastard. Wow. Yes, I, yes. I thought it was because the name was so close to Kook. No, we. Uh, I remember Jocelyn because she she got fired for saying it was all right to masturbate. Yeah. And remember when we were racking our brains yes. uh, trying to figure out who the person who uh, succeeded um, uh, Jocelyn Elders was? No uh, one. They just named somebody. Yeah, no one had, right. So how important a gig is this if we can go three years without one? Or two and a half years or whatever the hell it was. I All thought right. that was Schwarzenegger for like a couple of years, too, wasn't it? <laughs> he what was, was his... the uh, Minister of Steroids for a number of years. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll be back with more John Tesh and more uh, John Drew after this. Bloodline. And Dr. Drew. Yeah. He's, uh, she went from... Um, 
uh, Surgeon General to um, she's working at a uh, thrifties in uh, Canoga Park at the uh, pharmacy, I think, and um, she's part timer. Oh boy, John Tesh is uh, here, and uh, to finish answering uh, John's question off the air, which is uh, what did I talk about when we're um, when I was doing construction? Is yeah, chicks uh, for the most part. And no, but I mean, you're an erudite type guy, and you have a lot of things to say, and you're and you're, you. you're, you're, you're 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 a, you're a thinker. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking when you're when you're digging ditches oh. on your construction job, and there's a break, what are you talking about? Well, the the problem is is when you uh, work construction, you work with a lot of uh, sort of um, a lot of Vietnam vets who are strung out on painkillers, a lot of racists, a lot of misogynists. Um, uh, there, if there were like eight guys on the job, six of them would be named uh, Tom. That's just how <laughs> how it worked, and uh, you couldn't get into uh, into heady uh, heady uh, discussions or philosophical discussions. So you listen to talk radio, didn't you? Yeah, I used to listen to talk radio and um, occasionally just uh, get into that chick talk. Except for uh, some of the guys, like the welders, would always uh, tell you a little more about the old lady than you uh, needed to hear. The welders, yeah, some some about welding, some about the guys that worked around uh, flux. It it, it it must have rotted their brain or yeah. something. I don't know what it was. Was. Frontal lobe syndrome that depresses oh, impulses. This guy, the scariest wife, and when he would tell me what he did to his wife, it was uh, I want to take a shower <laughs> afterward. And I mean, I'm not easily offended. I don't have uh, delicate sensibilities at all. But when uh, Steve the welder lived out in Ontario would uh, tell me about putting uh, pop rocks in his wife uh, and then uh, polishing off like uh, so much uh, broma seltzer, I was. Uh, I was uh, spit back up that Diablo sandwich I'd uh, pulled off the lunch truck. <laughs> it was uh, it was not a, it was a hostile environment uh, for relationships. I'm just I got snot all over me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. it's the ultimate compliment. Oh, God. John ruined his sleep. Uh, here, use uh, here. here let no, me get I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I just I wipe it on my pants. Yeah, you know the guys I work with, their kids didn't have names. Like Drew, when he talks about his kids, he says Douglas or Paulina. They would say the kid. Yeah. That was the kid. Yeah. Oh, the kid. Oh, the wife, uh, the ex-wife had to pick the kid up, and then she gets the kid for the weekend, and then she wants to drop the kid off right when I'm trying to get laid with the new uh, chick who I'm trying to have another kid with, and it's uh, all about the kid and the ex. Kevin. Yeah? What's going on? Hey. You're 15. Yeah? Yeah? Um, I'm wondering what percent of women masturbate. At what age? Um, I don't know. Any age? Mm, at six, very few. At, um, at fifteen, still probably very few. Why? Why should he know? Yeah, why, why is it important to you? What's up? I don't know. I was just asking a friend. There, it, it is, there is a distinct difference uh, between men and women there, and uh, somehow people believe that women are taught that it's not right. They are not taught any more than men are. Uh, mm. They just have a different mechanism there, where they need sort of an emotional experience in order to for it to even make sense to them. And it, takes a, it takes a certain amount of maturity before they learn to connect with that experience. Well, guys get the green light with the masturbation a little more than uh, women do. And women tend to be ostracized. Uh, you know, if you're some 16-year-old guy, you're talking about masturbating, uh, guys cut you a little slack. If you're a woman... Uh, people people uh, tend to pick that kind of thing up and run with it. And uh, from my experience, this is something that women stumble into a little bit later right, on. Right. 
and uh, guys get into it first thing. Because guy, it's, right after it's the bar just mitzvah. A, it's just a mechanical thing that once the hormones turn on, that's it. It has right. to happen. The thing I always find ironic about these conversations is that the reason 15-year-old guys like Kevin uh, want to know about women masturbating is so that they can go home and masturbate to the image of the women masturbating, which uh, I find ironic. But uh, uh, that's right, isn't it, Kevin? Yeah. Yeah, you'd love to know some uh, hot chick you're in the 10th grade uh, with is uh, going home and diddling herself, just like you're making uh, making that your major, right? Sure. Right. Well, it ain't happening. Okay. And if it is, they ain't talking about it. That's uh, that's as much as I figured out. Okay, thanks. All right, but don't worry. When they get old and unattractive, that's when it starts. But then that won't fuel your masturbation. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, you don't you don't need to picture um, when your grandmom's friends uh, diddling herself. That's not going to do anything for you. But uh, that's the reality. Wait till um, it's that it's just that interim between uh, the first divorce and uh, meeting the uh, getting it on with like the pool guy. That's where the big masturbation comes in. I'm going uh, 39 to 47. Of course, uh, those years will magically melt away if you get some of that Connie Selica <laughs> cream. Cream. Oh, yes, that vanishing cream. You won't start masturbating until you're in your 80s. Push that, that button, will you? This is going to be sick to my stomach. Hey, Greg. Oh, boy, I got a little radio problem. Does that sound? That's that you. Me? That's your voice. Oh, that's unmistakable. Sick. Hey, Greg. Hey. Hey, what's what's up with me in the background there? Oh, let me take care of that. Can you turn me down, please? There we go. What's going on? Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Let me explain what hearing my voice uh, to myself is like. <laughs> it's like uh, when you get primped and you're on a date and you think you're looking really good the entire date and then you stumble into the bathroom about two hours into the date and you notice there's like a piece of parsley that's hanging out of your nose. Mm -hmm. Has I, It's happened to me many times. And by the way, thank you for, uh, I was on national TV mm -hmm. yesterday when having some, some stuff hanging out of my nose yeah. which you neglected to tell me until the show is over. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I got to tell you guys, by the way, in, in all the hotel rooms, I've been in watching you guys uh, on the on the TV version of the show. You, you, whoever's doing the lighting, I, I mentioned this off there. I think whoever is doing a great job. Thank this you. show is slick looking oh, because no, because you could do the Howard Stern thing, which is basically put up a couple of uh, cameras in this room and we right. see the lighting in this room. But it's 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 a, it's a different. It's a whole. It's kind of funny. I work for a lighting company. You do. Yeah. Wow. Well, they yeah they do do they did make the show look good and uh, yeah, even us great. Which, even uh, the backgrounds and everything. It's they, a hot. It's they, a and those show. lights are not cheap. No, they're not. Greg? Yes. You got a question, question for I John? I got a question for Mr. John Tesh. All right. Hey, John, uh, back in the 80s when uh, the Tour de France was going on, the whole Le Monde and Bernardino thing, you know, and you were doing the announcing in, uh, in uh, Paris, um, the music that was playing in the background throughout those Saturday, uh, I guess Saturday, Sunday, it was on, I forget. And uh, the music in the background that I know is yours, is that something that you did for the Tour de France, or is it something that you produced prior to doing that? It was a little bit of both. It was, I was an idiot. I, I was in a van in the middle of France, in the middle of the night. I decided I wanted to be on television with my music. So right. 
I wrote the music on the spot, like an hour and a half worth of music. Really? Every, every single week, and also did the announcing for this race. <laughs> CBS was not paying me any money for it. They said, we don't have it in the budget. So, right. said, so I said, well, just let me keep the publishing on it. So we got somebody like you who would write in and say, um, you know, what was that music? Can we get it? And I thought, right. well, why don't I try and sell it? So I took ads in Bicycling and Sporting Magazine mm -hmm. saying, get the music from the a Tour de France. The music is really powerful. When they're going down those hills in the Pyrenees and whatever, and they're just very good. They're well, just sailing uh, down those, you know, at fifty miles an hour. He really also did some, the uh, Dukes of Hazzard, Greg. I don't know if you're yeah, any of that, that stuff works for Dukes of Hazzard. Basically, I was writing music for people falling. Uh -huh. Well, yeah. did uh, did you give it a uh, French flavor, like uh, you know, yeah. with the squeeze box? <laughs> no. Or sometimes, sometimes. But you got to remember that bike racing in France is like. Like oh, yeah. the it's whole like, the whole like country here. Yeah, well, yeah, even even bigger. The whole country stops mm -hmm. when, when they ride. The they stand on the side of the roads and watch the but, riders. But, but I got to tell you, if you want to be really cool with 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 your friends, it's Tour de France, not mm -hmm. Tour de France. Yeah, yeah, you got to say Tour, Tour de France. France. There you go. That's cool. Yeah. And impress your friends. Say yeah. Tour de France. Well, thanks a lot. All right, thank Appreciate you, John. It, All right, bye bye. All right, did, did you end up right. selling any? I did. That's how the record company got started. Oh, I, you right. know, I, I couldn't get anybody interested in releasing my albums. God knows why. <laughs> you didn't pray enough. Well, exactly. God knows why. And so, yeah, that's how it got started. And uh, see, that is so ambitious. I, I would never have that kind of uh, ambition or uh, self-assurance. I, I don't believe. I didn't have any. Self, I didn't have any self-assurance, but I definitely, I definitely was like, you know, going for it. So. But anyway. what happened? I mean, you always played music. Then, uh, did you give it a uh, a serious run out of college or out of high school, and then fall into uh, doing the uh, broadcasting? Yeah, I mean, I was. Yeah, I mean, there's millions of people out there listening who who are better players than I am who haven't had a break. I got a break. Uh, getting the music on television. So not, I was not, not our show, by the way. <laughs> All right, we got one guy plays a cider jug with a hair lip, and that's it. We met a guitar player tonight. Well, oh, that's yes. that's that's what happens is is if you get a break to get your music heard by somebody, you know. So right, but uh, you taking um, uh, you taking ads out in a, a two wheel weekly is not really a break. <laughs> that's uh, that's ambition, and it's the kind of ambition that I like to uh, reward by. Uh, okay, I don't have anything. Uh, oh, yes, by uh, plugging the uh, CD, Grand Passion. This is uh, John Tesh's latest effort. And I know it's a little out of our demo because uh, we tend to have uh, people are listening to, let's say, Marilyn Manson. But mm. here's the deal. Every um, CD arsenal would not be complete without something like this. And if you're going to get something like this, you might as well...